Our next guest has been closely following developments at Michigan State University where efforts to enhance campus safety have come under scrutiny. Despite the tragic events of a year ago where three students lost their lives and several others were injured in the campus shooting, some recent reports reveal concerning gaps in preparedness. While online training aimed at addressing active shooter situations is available to MSU students and faculty and staff, uptake remains low. And furthermore, critical security upgrades, including like the installation of new locks on classroom doors, they're incomplete. Well, joining us to delve into the Details of these ongoing safety concerns and their implications for the MSU community is Dave Boucher, who is government and politics reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Dave, good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. What type of feedback have you heard so far because of these, uh, you know, issues with the installation of the locks and uptake and, you know, the uh, online training? Yeah, it's been a little bit of a mixed uh, approach. I, I will say that we've heard from people who are parents of students who are legitimately concerned that their students might not, you know, might face another crisis situation and, and either they themselves or the adults in the room might not know what to do. And I've heard feedback from others who said, you know, this isn't required. And students are, you know, asked to do hundreds or at least it seems like hundreds of things when you're at a school and to expect them to do something like that might, you know, be, be over the top or it might be triggering for, for some people in the community. I, I do think it's really important to note that, as you noted, there is active shooter training that is available to students. And while it's not required, the university police force has said that it's leaning on students and staff who have taken this training to lead during a crisis. So, as we noted, if only 3% of students have taken this training and 14% of faculty and staff have taken this training, it could lead to a situation, if, heaven forbid, something were to happen, where people in that room still don't know what to do, despite the tragedy that happened at Michigan State last year. That's just shocking. Yeah. Yeah, with this available, uh, just 3,300 people have taken this online course, and you know how big Michigan State is. Yeah, you are yeah. your own best defense. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not fully informed, then you're right. You're, you're a, a, you become a, more, uh, a bigger target. Yeah. Um, and what about the door locks? The university said they were going to make some changes immediately. Where are we with those? Yeah, so this is the context for that is really important. Students and faculty found out during the, the crisis last year that many of the, the classrooms that they were in had doors that didn't easily lock. So you couldn't lock it easily from the inside. So we heard stories of students using belts and shoelaces and other contraptions to kind of MacGyver these doors closed. So in the meantime, Michigan State has replaced hundreds of these doors, uh, door locks, roughly 650 around campus with locks that are push button, like thumb push button locks where somebody from the inside can push it. Um, and, and lock it. The, the issue here is that at the time of the attack, about a, a month after, uh, interim president Teresa Woodruff said that the school was planning to replace uh, locks on roughly 1,400 doors. And they have since revised that down substantially because they argued that some of those doors that they originally identified are either in non-traditional classrooms that aren't used very often or in study rooms or, or otherwise aren't uh, as high of a priority on this list and that it just takes time to replace these locks. So again, there are new locks, those push button locks, and then in, in auditoriums, those big lecture halls, university professors have the capacity to push a button from the, the front of the room and lock those doors remotely. So they have done some of these upgrades. It's just not quite what they had promised to do after the attack. David, one of the things that was most troubling in the aftermath was that, that, that there was this delay between the initial calls to 911 and the tripping of the campus-wide alert system. Uh, how, how have they done at addressing that gap and the fact that there was really only one person on duty and then that person and, and a number of others left their posts 
uh, to engage the suspect and to try to uh, help the wounded. Yeah, as you noted, and, and as many other people reported, there was kind of a, a roughly 10 minutes between the time that 911 calls started coming in and when the alerts started going out on campus. The university said that that was due to a kind of a, a string of errors, and they said that they've addressed that. Some of those were administrative errors. Part of the issue is that the university did not at the time have the capacity to monitor its security cameras in real time, so it couldn't monitor everything all at once. And so it has been upgrading the system that it uses to look at those cameras and adding more cameras around campus. Today, they say that they have more, more of those cameras on campus and that they can look at them in real time, but it didn't, they didn't exactly tell me whether or not they have the full system that they want implemented. And that system it goes beyond being able to, to not only view those, those cam, I'm sorry, view everything in real time, it can help send out some of those alerts you're talking about, not just via text or via um, via calls, but they're setting up a system now where they can set up uh, alerts that go off potentially from like, they call them green lights in Michigan State's campus. It's those uh, lights, like uh, lit phone boxes that universities set up to, to help out. And they're exploring the idea of doing the same thing from like fire alarm, fire alarm systems or from, from uh, like weather alert systems. But they also have the capacity in theory to, from a centralized command center, push a button and lock the exterior doors for buildings on campus. They, they, this is not, and this is not new technology. This has existed in, this, in the scope of higher education for a long time. They told me recently that they have the capacity to do that, and it works for for buildings that are connected to this electronic locking system. But they didn't tell me how many buildings are connected to, to the system. So it could be most of them, and they could have made this upgrade, or there might still be, you know, a need to, to upgrade additional buildings. Uh, and, and Dave, have you? You know, during your coverage, have you encountered any type of discussion on the or debates when it comes to the impact of these of active shooter drills on the participants, the students who have gone through all of this traumatic uh, experience already? Sure. So I, I did speak uh, a couple times um, recently and in the fall with the student body president at Michigan State University just to pick her brain to see what she's hearing. And she was on campus the night of the attack and, <clears throat> you know, like like many of us is, is, is still kind of thinking through what happened and kind of trying not to relive what happened. So she said she understands some students who don't want to be re-traumatized by that, by uh, by anything that can can happen in training. However, she said that she at least wants the option to be able to have that training. And that option, that online training that you were talking about, wasn't available until December of, of this uh, of last year. Obviously, we all know December is a chaotic time for students. That's a time, especially in college, when you're getting ready for not only to take uh, your uh, exams potentially for the fall, but also to, to travel or uh, get ready for holidays, any of that. So it, it became available at that time. And then there's a, a video component, which is something that I think people thought could be the most triggering aspect that still isn't available. So the university has said that they have filmed it, but they haven't actually finished editing it. So broadly speaking, people thought that there could be concerns with kind of reliving this trauma, mm. but the students, some many students and faculty especially, want there to at least be the option to have this training so that they know what to do if something happens. Uh, just about a minute left. It's not really a question, but tomorrow is the anniversary. They're not going to have classes. They're going to have all kinds of activities. There's going to be a vigil for the three lives that were lost. Brian Frazier, Ariel Anderson, Alex Verner, the five who were injured also, and everyone who was affected. So it's a big day tomorrow at Michigan State University. Yeah, that's right. The university told me this week they're focused on the health and wellness of students more than trying to, you know, mandate training this week, which I think we can all understand. Yeah. In the meantime, for parents out there, tell your child to take this training Absolutely. because it can be the it, it is a life and death matter. Yeah, it is. Difference.
Dave Boucher, government and politics reporter for the Detroit Free Press. Thank you so much for being here on JR Morning. Thank you. Coming up, all the news of the day, we'll have that for you. And stick around at 719. We'll be talking about those Super Bowl commercials here on 760 WJR. Were they that super? (laughs) Not as super as they could be.